Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Liberty Squadron Podcast. My name is Andrew Lewinsky, and this week I am joined with Chris Apple. Hi everyone. And Brett Freeman. Hi everyone. Alright guys, so we just had Gen Con happen this week, and we got a lot of news. Like, there is so much to talk about. We've got tournament results, we've got new ships, we've got card packs coming. Uh, but we're going to start off right off the bat with the tournament results. It was the first, like, or second big tournament of the points adjustment for Extended. And we've got some data, you know, we, we are speculating some things. We've kind of like, think it's really interesting. Um, but we'll, we'll start right here and go from there. So, Chris, you want to talk about the cuts? Yeah, sure. So, I guess the first disclaimer here needs to be um, kind of some format information, right? So, I you know, there was under 200 people that attended the tournament. I think it was something like 180 around that mark. I don't know, 190, whatever it was. But there was a cut to top 14 due to some time constraints, I think, on, on Sunday when they were going to be playing the cut. So you ended up with a sort of strange format where not only were you know Swiss Swiss Day 1 and Swiss Day 2 both seven rounds, but they had like a really insane cutoff for making the cut. Um, you had to go 6-1 or better. So really, like, you know, if we're looking at this tournament, first of all, it's early in the extended meta, so you don't want to draw too many conclusions. And second of all, the cut is super weird. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff outside of the top 14 that no one will ever talk about, and we're probably not going to talk about here. <laughs> That's probably super relevant, right? So, any thoughts on that? I mean, it's just like, and that combined with the the whole like card chasing that goes on for you know top within a faction, driving some weird diversity. Like, that's going to be a normal reality, I guess, for most of the major tournaments going forward that are extended without too many system opens. Um, but it, it just some of that stuff's sort of important before we get into the results. No, definitely. I, I, I was a little shocked when I first saw it that it was, you had to go, so first that it was seven rounds, which didn't make sense, and that you had to go six and one to make cut. Like, I thought that was a little, I don't know, I might have robbed a little bit of people from making the cut. And like at the same time, like the data is a little skewed because you see a lot of these lists that like made the cut, but th there's some lists that are like literally on the brink of being great. And could have really shined, but they didn't make the cut. So, I mean, we, yeah. we've got some good information here, but it's I would say it's not complete. Right, and there's no List Fortress entry for this yet. That'll probably be going up, you know, sometime this week. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't uploaded or anything like that, you know, right after the tournament. So, you know, it'd be really interesting to look at everything outside of the top four team, but we don't have to spend too much time on that right now, I guess. Uh, well, do, do we want to talk about a little bit, like, just some of the archetypes and, like, the uh, list that did show? Uh, like, Yeah, yeah. Um... So we have some faction breakdown numbers, and I don't know how accurate these are from day one. Um, but just to give people a sense of this, like supposedly on the first day of Swiss, there were 120 or so players, 118, and roughly 40% of that field in Swiss was Empire, which is outrageous. Like that—that's a really high number as a percentage of Swiss this early in like an unclear meta. Um, so it says a lot about what like the community thinks of that faction, um, or they really want the Whisper card. I think it's probably a combination of the two. But but Empire had just a ridiculous percentage that that first day of Swiss, and then the second day of Swiss it was uh, a little bit more even. Like you know there were 77 players and 17 lists, and the, the percentage wasn't quite as ridiculous. So that that definitely stood out. And then you know after that there was a whole bunch of Republic that showed up, a decent amount of resistance, and even. You know, scum and rebels. I think the the lower count factions, the bottom three, were uh, uh, separatist resistance and first order potentially, um, something like that. So we don't. All these numbers aren't fully confirmed, but the thing that we do know for sure is that people love Empire and they run it at big tournaments. 
I mean, I can't say that I don't. I mean, like, I, I'm not an Empire player, but, like, when I look at some of these big tournaments, like, that's one of, like, the default factions I'm looking at first, especially right now. I mean, I've, I've flown in, in a couple tournaments, and just... There's a reason that it pulls those numbers in is because of how good they are. Well, they so, have so many choices, too. And, and I mean, they're the good guys, so everyone wants <laughs> to fly them. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> so elaborating on that a little bit, though, right? Like, I, I think it's maybe... You know, there's there's lots of good things in pretty much most of the factions now, right? I wonder what makes Empire so comfortable for people in a chaotic meta. Well, that's what stands out to me, right? Is that like when people aren't sure, I guess they revert back to two times I sixes, right? And then like things that can token stack. I like what? Why do you guys like kind of gravitate towards Empire when you're you know in the list builder for a tournament? Like what what's driving that? Um, so my first thought is definitely the token stacking. Like I'm looking at Whisper, I'm looking at uh, Force Charges. I mean, they they have access to Palp, they have access to Fifth Brother Gunner for Whisper. The shuttle, I I usually gravitate towards the shuttle just because I I, I like the coronate and it really kind of dishes out some stuff. But yeah, I would say definitely token stacking is an option on that. Um, it, it makes sense. You know, it doesn't have to be more elaborate than that, right? Right. Like, I mean, like, the other thing is, is, like, the Force user crew, like, I mean, like, a lot of times every four, or crew Empire list that I'm building involves the Force user crew and Gunner. I mean, whether it's Vader or Palpatine and obviously Fifth Brother, like, it's always on the first, you know, yeah. process of my, sh- like, list building. That's and actually... I, kind of, oh, go, go ahead, Brad. Sorry. I was just going to say, one other thing I'd add is just, you know, familiarity. You know, you're going to a, a new meta with these points changes, and, you know, when you're not sure if you have an optimized list, if, at least if you have the reps with these types of archetypes and ships, that's going to, you know, potentially give you a much greater edge than if you're just playing a, an archetype you've never flown before. First, you don't know if it's optimized now, and you just don't have the experience on the table. Right. So, like, before the point adjust, a lot of people were running Empire, so they probably just transitioned to other stuff within the faction. I'm sure that's a part of it. And, and, and not then, even the point adjust. I mean, even 1.0, right? You know, a lot of us flew, you know, Zoom Tier and 1.0. We're very comfortable with that type of dial and that type of ship. So, you know, our, our arc dodging chops are, are pretty good. Fair enough. So, so, but then, like, going back to what Andrew was talking about, I think it's kind of interesting. Um, Empire sort of uniquely at a relatively kind of a relatively numerous number of lists can can put like force modifiers and ships that don't have them so like palp is crazy right because i can make soon tier a force user which is really helpful and then fifth, the fifth brother like just being able to give whisper a force charge even if it's not the vader crew version of that anymore yeah it, it, that adds up for me um so we can move on from that but either way 40 percent of the first day of swiss like maybe that's an outlier because the very next day it wasn't quite that ridiculous you know yeah, I was looking at that, and I was like, I was expecting like almost the entire cut to be like all Empire, but I want to say it's pretty diversified in the like overall. Yeah, in the cut. I think did any faction not make the cut? Did CIS make cut? They did. Yeah. So let's let's move into that, sure. right? Um. So so starting with the winning list, uh, it was uh, Carson Ray from Radio TCX. Which man, going back to when I first started playing X Wing, I think that's the first podcast I ever listened to. So, I don't know. Like, it's really cool that he won, and really happy for him. But, but the list that he won with was a alarming kind of R two A six sense CLT OB with R two Annie and then R two Predator and Rick. So I, I say alarming just because we we've been dealing with Zach running the R two A six Anakin for the past couple weeks or whatever. Um, and here we see it now winning a major tournament. So it's here. 
um, we're gonna have to deal with it. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, I'm not <laughs> going up against it. Like that. That's my hot take on it. Is I don't like it. I don't like seeing it, and I hope I never come across it again. So stop flying it. <laughs> um, so I, it, you know, we hadn't seen it paired with sense, so that was pretty smart, right? But really, the only version we've dealt with is is the Anakin version that Zach was running. So it does kind of make sense that that it's been kind of swapped here. So that Andy can still be the regen end game ace. I kind of I like really understand what he was doing there, and uh, you know it's 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 definitely interesting to see a three ship list do as well as this one did as well, right? Like that's that's something that a lot of people were talking about the you know the viability of certain ship counts. Um, apparently, if you put mods on all three of them, it, it works okay, especially with regen. Um, and that was up against uh, a Jendin list. So last episode, I think we randomly were talking about Jendin and three Imdars. Turns out if you just make some of those Imdars Inquisitors and give them concussion missiles and FCS, you have a pretty good list. So uh, th- the opposing list was Grand Inquisitor with Sense uh, and then you know concussion FCS on the, on the uh, other Inquisitors with Jendin. And uh, what's interesting is that we had a Sense mirror basically in the final um, which hasn't been talked about much I, I think in the aftermath of this everyone's just like kind of super excited about seeing inquisitors on the table but you know there was a lot of speculation about whether or not like the sense discussion with it going down at one cost was you know just hype pretty obviously not yeah i mean there's not much more to say about it. i mean like it's been talked about since has been talked about i guess a lot for like the past couple of weeks since it's gone down and i mean tyler tippett i know has been harping hard anywhere he goes that like sense is the card to be taking it and it's here are the results clear as day that it, it works out yeah and it's not um like you know it goes back to what we talked about a while ago which is it doesn't matter how often you use it so much as when it is relevant it's it wins you a game you know so even if they, neither of them used it in the final which i'm sure they did but it, it still would have helped them get there especially with some lower initiative inquisitors in that list yeah the inquisitors are like a perfect blocking ship with, with all those, you know, one hard blues and whatnot, and barrel roll into a, a linked action, it's it's really a great blocker. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too surprised to see Inquisitors doing well, the generic ones. Um, I am surprised to see the Grand Inquisitor in any form uh, doing this well. Um, and I, you know, it's it's the whole concept of being able to take an evade on three agility with you know a force and essentially shrug off you know one or two shots or whatever it is like that's that's logical, right? And it's very powerful. Um, you know, there, there are only a handful of other ships that that approach that level of defensiveness. Um, so, you know, I, I think a lot of people are like really shocked to see the Inquisitor, you know, doing anything. Um, I wouldn't have predicted that it would make a final table, but I, it's not, you know, it's not too surprising after the point reductions that at least the generic ones were working. Really cool to see Grand Inquisitor without Supernatural doing something. That that's encouraging. Definitely, and uh, the other thing I want to like kind of touch base on is those concussion missiles. I mean, I've been talking about them for months now. Like they're they're worth those six points that you can get. Like I mean, throw Jendin in there, and you got like you got your three dice double mounted attack right off the bat. Yeah, and I you know maybe we'll save this conversation for another episode, but there's a there's a lot of conversation about how there aren't any good missiles, right? And you know that FFG needs to make a good missile. I think FFG is rightly cautious about making a you know a really good kind of proton torpedo level missile. Um, there, there's a ridiculous number of platforms for that you know particular card or that that upgrade, right? Um, you know concussions are have three charges. They they throw three dice, deny in the range mod. Um, they're not bad, right? They they elevate uh, a ship like a you know a forty three point inquisitor with FCS and that. 
can be 44 with passive sensors on its own. Still pretty useful. Brett, get my back on this. We want Harpoon back. Oh, we want Harpoon back so hard. No, no, we no. We want Miranda to make it five dice. No, okay, so I, I understand what you're saying, and, like, yes, absolutely. Like, I think missiles have a place on two dice ships. I think the... My soapbox is that, like, if you have a missile carrier with three dice, what, like, I mean, like, so, like, let's say Kirax is the YV. Anything else have three dice that can take missiles? It's almost kind of like I don't want to spend the points on that because it's also another restriction to fire these things. And maybe we should be saving this for another episode, but, like, that's, it almost seems like that slot is completely wasted on ships like that. Yeah, I well, my my point on it being kind of a potentially dangerous thing to to do is just the number of ships that it affects. Because, you know, when they release a, a, a four dice missile that maybe requires a target lock to be used, the first thing that it will go on is the higher initiative things that can use it, right? So you're going to see it on a defender. You'll see it on Vader. Um, you'll see it on SFs throwing the throwing it back, you know, backwards, which is kind of a sketchy timeline with a good missile right. um although you know right now it's obviously the you, you know i well not obvious but i think you look at the, the the sf gunner versus concussion we could definitely go on a major tangent with this one i i the, the the main thing is that concussions are useful right and they're not just useful on on grand inquisitors i think we can we can kind of you know put that to rest right that there is a decent missile it may not be perfect but it, it's pretty good Definitely. So can I just ask like a, a list building question for you guys on this one? So as I like we I think there were three games with this list on, on stream. And every time I saw it, I kept going to the list builder and wanting to add Palp on there. Um and to do that, all I needed to do was turn Grand Inquisitor into Seven Sister. And then I could throw Palp on Jendin. In in my mind, I feel like having that extra mod either for the shuttle or so one of the, you know, Inquisitors doesn't have to be so scared to spend their mod on offense could be really valuable. I was just wondering what you guys thought about that. I would say um, one of the, you know, not knowing too much about this list and not having really run it. I've run some Jendon variations with two ships, but not like this. I think the power behind it is that it kind of bounces between being a really jousty, very tanky list and also being pretty much an Aces list. So, you know, sacrificing the initiative five and the extra force charge on Grand Inquisitor itself, I think that would impact your end game a little bit in ways that you would have wanted to. So the force um, charges actually are the same because Seven Sister does have two, but I, I do agree. Oh, the it has I, to? Yeah, the I-5 okay. is obviously worth worth something. I'm just trying to figure out, is it worth palp? And, and I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, that's my gut reaction, right? Maybe. It would be fun to experiment with. I mean, I think there's little variations on this that are probably just making it worse, but like you can just swap out uh, Grand Inquisitor for Whisper with passive sensors, which is kind of funny, right? Like that's, you know, you lose sense, so you probably take a lot out of this list, but that's, poss that's possible, right? I think yeah. that those costs were a lot. Yeah. So the other thing with Seven Sister, just reading the card, you know, I mean, her ability does go for primary attack. So if you're looking for, I mean, I don't know how many times he actually used the Inquisitor's ability, but I mean, I if this worked with the missiles I'm sure he too, did. I'm sure he, I'm sure. Sure he used it. But yeah, I'm saying like if, if this would have worked with the missiles too, then maybe. But I mean, the fact that it, it, it kind of restricts you if you're looking to use her ability, then it's restricted to primary attack only. And I know he did take a lot of just primary attack shots throughout the tournament, so maybe it would add up. But um, spending two forces a lot for her ability, I think. End of the day, the main thing to to 
kind of take away from this list for me is the evade plus the three agility plus the force charge. Sure. That's that's what people should be kind of focused on, right? Is that um, you know it's really powerful. You wouldn't want it to be too much more powerful than it is, but that's that's great for a, a generic inquisitor, and they don't need you know they can they can do that on their own, which is really cool. So I'm hoping to see some some of that as like generic fi filler in some empire lists, even without Jendon. Like you can do that with with the passive sensors, right? Um, which you know obviously gives up the evade. But I there's just I, I think there's some some exploring to do on these that that kind of looks at it as a separate separate list. Um, do we want to and any other like cool list? Like I mean, like a lot of this we kind of like expected to see. Um, Rack Whisper, it's been around for a little bit. Quick draw, two SFs and Scorchers are really cool list to see. Yeah, we can touch on that one briefly. Um, that that had a seventy point quick draw. So basically the quick draw that I like to run when I'm not running Tavson. So it was PA and Afterburners with uh, Fanatical and FCS. And then it had two Fanatical Omegas and Fanatical Scorch. So that's, that is an FO list that, you know, kind of knew about going into the tournament and it, I didn't know how it would really perform. It's kind of cool that, that it, I think this was the best performing FO list. Um, and then there's also a Kylo and two Upsilons in the cut. So that's interesting. Um, of course, you've got kind of the, we were referring to it as the Blair Cartel in the last episode. Um, that's the the Torkel and Sevor uh, Cartel Marauder list. I did not think of, of adding Sevor to that mix, so that's that's particularly uh, savage. And this got like that thing went seven and zero, right? Yep, I think day one it went seven and zero. So I, I mean, just look at this. Uh, I got to put this on the table soon. Like it, it makes so much sense because the cartels, I believe, are three as well, or are they two? Regardless, they have Seaver. They're I2. Okay, so they have Seaver shooting first, stripping whatever you put down to initiative zero, um, stripping their tokens, anything that they need, and then you basically have three three dice attacks coming with these cartels. Like, it, it's crazy the efficiency of this list. I mean, it might be something that is going to carry scum for a little bit. I mean, I know we have the Ketsu. Cavill and Old Tarok, which it's really Ketsu, Old Tarok, and whatever other list or ship you want to throw in there. But it's good to see like something else pop up in Scum that is going to compete. And this is going to put a lot of pressure on a lot of Aces lists. You know, if you have a low ship count Aces list right now going into a tournament, um, I kind of like the idea that those lists are a little nervous about a matchup. Um, not that there isn't like a way to approach this list and deal with it. Uh, but it definitely flips the script on a lot of these kind of trench run type, you know, high initiative alpha strike lists that rely on, you know, just steamrolling things, um, you know, through the initiative kills. So that should be interesting to see to play out. And, you know, so much of this is, is just a function of the cartel marauders being 38 points. Like, I think in the past we've remarked on how quickly the Karaz fighters, you know, can be destroyed. It's sort of funny to see them like this now. And I, I imagine that it doesn't feel like that when you're fighting this list, right? that they're, they're probably taking longer to, to bring down than you'd want, ideally. I mean, granted, like, uh, it's a three-dice attack with two agility and six health. I mean, it's... They're a little bit tanky, I, I would say. Like... It's a bomber, right? It's like a tie bomber. Sure. Um, eh. But it's, it's, like it's, got three, it's got three attack. <laughs> I, well, you know what I mean, like yeah, yeah, a barrage yeah. bomber, right? Sure. It's a one. It's one point more for losing the range uh, reduction, right? You know, but but you get four dice in range more, right. um, which is yeah, it's a slight. I, and it's the the dial is 
maybe not as great because I guess they kind of have to go a little bit fast, right? We talked about that before too. Um, but it's not just throwing three dice; it's sometimes throwing four. Right. <laughs> um, and I, the, the Seaver interaction is cool too. Like that's just someone gave this some thought. Definitely. Um, yeah, like I said, if you're a scum player, or, you know, something like that, that's probably one of the first lists I'm throwing on the table this week. Um, just to, like, really kind of get the feel for it and see how good it is. Yep. Um, so, so moving on yep. uh, to the other list that was in cut from scum, the Ketsu Old T Cavill um, list, all with expected upgrades. So, nothing shocking about that. Um, and then Ryan over at OCX, I know we keep talking about him, but he keeps making cuts. So, that's his problem i guess um he he took finn temen pava and bastion and uh i think he was the the top performing resistance player so that's a slightly variation on the one that he just recently brought to a trial i think um pretty cool i i seeing a bunch of mid initiative uh resistance things work um you know is is encouraging right yeah i mean i i get what you're saying i'm just so out on resistance at the moment i think that uh i mean i know everyone keeps talking about how good finn is but i i don't know i think i'm very very weary on him i mean i can see why he's good and i can see what do you mean by weary though like describe uh, that like i feel like um one wrong move and like he's like it, it feels like the escape shuttle for scum like i know his ability is better but i think if for how many points he costs if you kind of start loading them up it's a point sink for something that could just get blown up in the first passing well so that's the that's been strength right which is like he's i've been kind of relating him to venny a little bit um there, there's situations with the perceptive co-pilot build in particular where he doesn't die Right, like he just keeps adding. He just adds the focus on defense when you know towards the end of initiative or whatever the the, the combat or whatever, um, and it, it's it's tanky as hell, man. Like I played against it a couple times, and I just decided to ignore it mostly. You can definitely break through it, no question, through focus fire, um, but you end up it it causes the same problem that Lulo did when Lulo was really cheap, which is the amount of effort that you put into killing Finn nets you like like 36 points or a little bit you know maybe 42 at the high high level so you, whatever you do you end up trading more for all of the effort that you put into killing Fen. um and that that besides the fact that it's also coordinating right so again i'm not i'm not saying that like it's i'm not overreacting to its power level i guess at this stage it's just insanely good right is is where i would leave it um and it should be in like every resistance list for a while is sort of the expectation um other um, any other we're over our time on this subject any other list that we <laughs> yeah. talk about well, in particular i mean like it, yeah. it's really cool like looking at this because i mean like we see like han wedge here it's a real real diversified cut i mean we got a diamond boron techno bomber um i'm pretty high on diamond boron missiles i know some people aren't but yeah, did, I, I like did it. Did you see what that thing did to I think there was a rack whisper versus like vulture stream where rack was parked in front of like the entire vulture swarm. And he I, went around? I I think so. I have to go back and look at it. Whatever it was, there was a ridiculous number of of damage cards that went into that. Oh. 
that decimator. Um, so I think it was the Diamond Boron, just, and he rolled a crit and got hull breach before everyone else attacked. It was so sad. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Uh, that's really funny. So one separatist list and cut, as is tradition, it made cut and promptly lost? Question mark. Right. I don't know. Um, I might have that wrong, but whatever. So it's cool that it made cut. Um, I guess we can we can mention that there were two separatist lists that were one, two in Swiss in Paris. I don't know if anyone cares anymore, but that's cool. Um, I mean, yeah, no, no. I, I was just trying to think of like a recap for uh, um, like just this what we've experienced in the last two. It really just seems like even though like we're kind of like seeing what is good and what isn't good, like the field is still completely open. Would you agree? And- Empire just so underperformed, right? I mean, 40% the first day and two lists made cut. I mean, still, like Chris said, it was a very weird structure with a very weird cut, but I mean, that percentage is just disgusting. Yeah, so that's where it's hard to read in, because it's like the cut format was so weird that I don't know how much stuff, because I don't know what the list fortress looks like, I don't know how much would have made cut if this was a top 32, right? Like, like there's all that kind of weird stuff that's sort of hard to get a read on. Yeah, like essentially, um, this is almost like the second round of the cut, right? Because normally you go five and one, you make the cut, and here you had to go six and one. So about half yeah. of what would normally be in a cut got eliminated. Exactly. We, yeah. So it is very which, weird. I, which is why like cut rates are sort of hard to read into on this one. Um, but but e- e- either way, like I I understand what you're saying. It, that first day of of Swiss, who knows what was going on there that there was forty percent because. I'd be very surprised to see that happen again at the next one, but maybe it does. Um, it's just that's like really high. Um, but as, as far as Andrew's question in terms of like how open it feels, um, it's interesting, right? Like everything we were kind of speculating on the last episode, um, it, like there's there's good pieces in each of the factions that kind of showed up, right? Um, you have you have two R two A six kind of Republic lists that that were just purely focused on the Jedi and you know an N one. Um, you had you had Republic beef out there. You even had a Poe and three A wings list, which is like that's kind of cool to see that there. Um, you know, it, there's Han and Wedge with Saw and R two D two. Like, what the hell is that? Um, so, I, I, like, I'm so happy I, that's there though. <laughs> so it's just goofy, right? Like, I, I or maybe goofy is the wrong word. Um, so I don't I don't want to try and make too many predictions on the meta based off of this, but just I agree with you, Andrew. Like it's there's a lot of there's a lot going on here, and that's cool. It makes me encouraged to go to Nova, right? Because I feel like you know there's a possibility that things won't be settled enough by Nova that they'll be like you could just face completely different things every round of Swiss. The last thing I want to do is go like when last last packs unplugged, I played three Dash Rorics. So I had six games, you know, of Swiss, and three of those were against Dash Rorik. It wasn't like that's not fun. Um, so I, you know, this just seems wide open enough that Swiss, like, who knows what you're going to see? You could face, you know, only two ship lists. Like, people believe in Rack Whisper for some reason still. Um, but it's just cool. So I, 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 I think I don't know what it's a byproduct of though. Like, it could be the format. It could be balance. It's way too early. Yeah. No. Like I said. I- my main thing is like the meta is still probably wide open like there's a chance that something like dash work could show up again so i mean like i would definitely encourage people to really kind of take a look at like the list that they're building 
and experiment with things like you know these lists aren't locked in like there are some very very good lists and you're definitely going to see some of these pop up but at the same time like oh man there are so many cool things that are just going to pop up that you know we haven't seen yet in these cuts and across the board in general and just enjoy it while it lasts right because we know we know this doesn't last long like this feeling of everything being kind of like wide open um, this is the first major tournament besides Paris, right? And that didn't even have the correct points. So I it's just like, enjoy this, you know, leading up to Nova, and then things will start to settle, right? Yeah. Everyone will start prepping hardcore for Worlds, and then... Um, we'll yeah, oh yeah, by the time we'll we get to Worlds, I'm sure there'll have been enough tournaments by then. <laughs> Everyone will be flying the same list by then. Um, cool. All right, so we had some... Two announce like really three announcements for X Wing. We have the Thai BA Von Regs Tie Fighter Major Von Reg. Is that how you say his name? I haven't seen the Resistance show. I'm just told that's where this is from. We had the Fireball announced, and we had card packs announced, which I know everyone's been asking for a really long time. They're finally here, and we're gonna get some really cool things out of them. Uh, so let's first shoot off with the Thai BA. I know Chris just- is. Super pumped on this thing. I mean, he has. I'm ridiculously pumped, but (laughs) (laughs) sorry, like I'm so excited for this thing. I think like it is so cool. Um, Can we just start by the way it looks? Like this is it's just a red interceptor. Like they could have just reprinted the the interceptor model and painted it red, and I would think it was cool, right? Um, But they didn't. Like it's it's actually really interesting looking, and it's a little bit like it's a little bigger than I was expecting, right? Yeah, it's a little chunky. It's cool though. So I, just everything about this thing is just looks fun. Yeah. Um, it's, we can get into it. But. Yeah, definitely. Let's get into it. Um, so real quick, let's go through fine-tuned thrusters. After you fully execute a maneuver, if you are not depleted or strained, you may gain one deplete or strain token to perform a target lock or barrel roll action. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I I tried to get in some games testing this out actually before tonight. Um, so I played I think it was about three games. Um, I don't you know the way the way that I like have to digest ships is I have to play them before I can really understand them, right? Um, so this is like super early in the process, but the, this this ship ability is from a design direction like exactly what I want from X Wing. Um, so the concept of of repositions having a cost, we'll get into the lock portion of that sentence you just read off, right? But the barrel roll, at least, um, basically causing you to reduce your agility or reduce your attack dice. Um, that's awesome. Like the only the only thing that I've seen before in two point that kind of equates to that roughly is like the supernatural was a dumb card, but the one portion of it that's neat was the, you know, to do an action you don't have, you could burn a shield, right? Um, and that, that was an example of, like, having a cost for repositions, a real cost. Um, this kind of approximates that. And, and uh, you know, the other ship that they released, the Fireball, sort of does the same thing with Slam. So uh, I don't know which of the guys over there at FFG were, like, kind of designing this one or came up with this. Um, maybe, you know, maybe this thing ends up being horribly unbalanced because it's too easy to get the lock. I don't know. Um, but the, just on face value, that concept is exciting. Sure. And and like one of the things though, like 
that people are going to forget is it says after you fully execute your maneuver. So if you're flying over, you know, debris or gas clouds, guess what? You're still getting that action. Um, yeah. Doing this. Yeah. You can barrel roll or you'll be able to just take the lock while you disengage. No question. Um, for, for real. Yeah. I mean, the lock just, on the disengage is so good. I mean, this is like the ideal disengaging ship now because you're just going to be so much better the next time you come around. Well, because you can choose to take the deplete, which we don't know exactly what that does yet. Um, but you don't have to sacrifice agility on you know the disengage turn essentially, right? Exactly. Um, so I, I have a couple of notes here just from the games that I played. Um, and again, I, I this is going to need a lot more testing to know exactly how it functions. But just just some kind of quick things to roll through. Um, the the first thing that immediately stands out is especially von Reg, the i six. This is one hell of a flanker. Um, the, the the fact that you can kind of roll up and just complete your maneuver, take a lock, and then immediately focus. Um, there are not many things that are allowing you to get a lock focus without taking a stress that easily. Um, now, on the flip side, the way that strain works is you still have to do a balloon maneuver, right, to to clear that. So it's kind of like a it's like a light stress, right, um, because it is somewhat restricting your dial. And the balloon maneuvers on this thing. Um, you get the one hard turn, the one bank, the two bank, two straight, three straight, and four straight. Um, so it's it's a pretty decent dial as far as the blues, but you don't have like a two hard blue, right? You get the one hard is excellent, don't get me wrong. Um, so it's just kind of, it's it's cool as a flanker because it has the one banks, right? And it, it can go just slow enough to kind of keep on target if you come at the right angle, um, you know, while you're setting up those full mods. And not to mention the fact that Von Reg is also laying down his pilot ability, which you know, people aren't familiar with this yet. It's during the system phase, if something's in, bar in, in your bullseye, you can give it a deplete or a strain token. Um, so what's a, what's a little weird about this is like, it's system phase, right? So I think we're super used to Soontir, like during like pre the engagement phase gets a focus. Like this is after everything's done, right? Like, so I, it's, that's, it's, it's basically like right at the beginning of the turn and, um, it, it restricts your opponent's dial in funky ways, which is cool. Yeah, that's one of the things I think if we start seeing this deplete and strain mechanic, um, especially like with deplete, if you do the blue maneuver and have more than one uh, strain token on you, I'm sorry, then when you do that blue maneuver, you only remove one. You don't remove all of them. So, when you do, so with strain, you mean? So like... Okay, because we have no idea what, like, the, the speculation with Deplete is that it functions like Strain, but for attack dice. Right? right, looking at the token, I mean, one's basically the agility, and the other one's a fireball, or like a laser. And so right. we're presuming that it is um, the same thing as Strain, but, uh, but the rules for Strain are that when you do a blue maneuver, you only remove one token. So Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see if these mechanics start popping up a little bit more, that they will... Um, be more on like more ships will be taking them, and oh yeah, now that I'm looking at it, it's the same as the disarm, which is the same icon as the disarm. So anyway, but yeah, you only remove one after you do a blue maneuver. You don't remove all of them. So each time you either uh, get shot or do a blue maneuver is when you remove them. So is there a way though to get multiple strain tokens on one of these ships? I guess so. There's there's uh, I think the I four. Or the, the i5 that might 
it might be like this kind of weird thing where um, if you're at range of one of your own ships, you have to like you have to transfer a strain token from the I five to something nearby. So theoretically, it's possible that you could end up with two strains on Von Reg is what we're, we're talking about. Right. Here, so right? let's say you let's say your Von Reg is going up against another Von Reg, and you take a, a strain token to barrel roll, and then he catches you in bullseye. You'll end up having like two of these tokens, presumably, and then um, when you do that blue maneuver, it would only remove one. That's pretty funny. Okay, or or like multiple things hit something with a with that new missile, right. the uh, the mag pulse. We'll, we'll get to that later. So that's I didn't know that. That's an interesting nuance that you can only clear one. Um, so so I guess just kind of keeping on the the clearing thing, right? Like um, you can also clear a strain token by defending. So it's not just um, you know, it's not just having to do the blue maneuver. Like you may not have it at the end of the the, the combat round. Um, we already talked about deplete being potentially great for the disengaging turn. Um, in the test games that I had, I was doing that, and it made sense to me. Um, one thing that did stand out though is basically the reposition order. I uh, so you know, I think a lot of people are used to Sumtia, right, or Silencer. I certainly am used to those to the silencer at this stage um and you get really lazy with the uh the the kind of flexibility of being able to reposition in any order um same thing with jedi right like like whenever a ship can do that it just makes us somewhat worse at the game because we don't we don't think about our actions as much we're just like oh i have this i can go do that and it's fine um so in this case right like you can't do a boost plus um the lock or the barrel roll right in that order it has to be the other way around, where you take the lock or the barrel roll after straining or depleting, and then you can boost. So if people are familiar, we've talked about Vader in the past and how afterburners, Vader is so strong, but you just need to be conscious of the fact that you have to do the afterburner boost and then barrel roll. And we all know how much more restrictive Vader becomes because of that. Um, so definitely in testing, that was a factor, right? And I think that's a function of how much I've played the silencer that I like. just had to remind myself that I wasn't playing a silencer. <laughs> It didn't help that it was proxying the Inquisitor on there, but whatever. Um, it, that, that's definitely a factor in how this ship moves, and it's part of what makes it fun, to be honest. Like these types of restrictions and, and action choices are are what make things interesting, right? Because you have to sort of like your dial choices and your other action choices and your speed choices before that all contribute to like the moment where you wish you could boost, but you can't. Um, so that that's neat. That's something I'm happy to see. Now, I'm not to overemphasize like that it's restricted. This thing can still reposition, right? And it still can be a little bit squirrely. It's just just not with as much freedom as like a Jedi player might be used to. Yeah, I mean, granted, doing the barrel roll and the boost out of arc and and into something is definitely a lot better, I would say. But I mean, yeah, obviously getting that um, boost or that barrel roll and then boost out of arc is going to maybe help with the disengage a little bit more than the um yeah and just keep in mind that they're weird like you know these things are relevant in all different rounds of a game and they're weird things that happen it's not always like an angled approach on a three bank where you're going to do a barrel roll right um so you're definitely if you if you don't play this thing properly you're definitely going to end up in situations where your repositions restrict you and that leads into the next thing which is that um I think, you know, if people are familiar with the Fang Fighter, know that, um, you know, you kind of only have one reposition, right? If you want to, you know, you're basically linking and having a focus and a boost and that kind of stuff, right? Um, 
this has a little bit of that going on sometimes too where really if you want to get those full mods the lock and the focus you got to get your dial right um and that, that's that's a good thing too so you know essentially the, the the less you reposition with this the more potent it'll become and it's definitely defensively vulnerable so you know it, it's only four hp um it has three agility which is cool it's initiative six so it's not going to get initiative killed right um but but don't don't make the mistake of assuming that this thing is like soon tier with an evade and a focus even right there are a lot of times where you may only have a focus token if that's the only thing protecting you um you you might you know might worry a little bit um this thing's going to take damage no question there's ways to get around that lone wolf composure both of those things are probably going to be helpful to resolve the defensive vulnerabilities and then you know who knows what the rest of the mods will work out to be depending on cost um but it, but it's you know if people are expected to just kind of yolo just with this thing like we do with silencers that they're going to be disappointed yeah um I, i'm a little worried about this I, I granted the double reposition is going to be great the target lock focus is going to dish out damage but it has me a little bit worried that this is one of those squirrely ships, and it absolutely is, that it's going to hit and run. And I'm worried that, like, with it's going to die a lot. Like, whereas a lot of these times, I don't know if this is going to be, like, an endgame ship for me. Um, it probably should be. Well, well, let's think about that, right? So, so uh, FO already has one of the best endgame ships available. That's Kylo. The existence of this in the faction doesn't change the endgame ship for First Order, right? Um, this will probably be able to function as an endgame ship, depending on what's left. Um, but First Order is really like, you know, that's, it, this isn't Kylo quality, right? No question. Um, and maybe I'm being too speculative there, but like, this isn't, it, it's like kind of in this weird spot where it's definitely not like I6 Ace filler. It's more than that. It feels like more than that, but it's not your full like you know Obi Wan or um, you know kind of like Regen Obi Wan specifically or Kylo Endgame ship. Sure. Um, and I, we're focusing on the Initiative Six one because that's all I've tested, right? Like the generic ones seem really cool. The Initiative Five one might end up being the best of the bunch depending on cost. Um, there's a lot of like there's a lot going on with this thing. A um, bunch of other points to rattle off just because I'm excited about it. So I. Uh, Ordinance seems to solve a couple of problems. Um, if deplete does what we think it does, then ordinance is a nice way to get around that. Where, you know, you can you can basically, you know, just more regularly take the deplete and keep your, your three agility. Um, that seems super helpful. And then like, it's worth mentioning that you don't have to focus lock every turn for a ship to be functional and useful, right? It turns out that if you just take a focus token sometimes, like that's okay too. Um, or you know you can you can use your ability for the lock and then take an evade token with ordinance that's probably going to be pretty good. Um, they have access to fanatical, so there's all way, kinds of ways to like kind of maybe you know, just sort of even things out. Um, fanatical's tricky, right? When you're only on two hole, but at initiative six, you're probably going to get to use that fanatical, which is makes those two points look a little better. Um, and then we already talked about being able to fly over rocks, which we know is like a really important thing for X-Wing now. Like, I hate saying that, but if you're bringing an ace that can't fly over a rock and do an action, you might just have the wrong ace. Like, sorry, Fenral. Um, it's just, you Feels know, bad, like, man. <laughs> like even Gurry can do that. Like, what are you doing, Fen? Um, yeah, at least Gurry can get the focus or afterburners or whatever. I don't know. Um, 
so yeah that's that's a that's relevant um and it's just like this weird control ship too like that's that's the other thing is is just dishing out control um you know is is really functional and i i imagine medium bases and big bases aren't going to be super stoked about consistently being given strain tokens um especially if they're one agility ships right so yeah those are all my notes from testing trust me i'll be testing this more sure um, um any other kind of things you guys want to talk about with this? Right, one? I want to hear. What's your opinion on this? What, what are you thinking when you see this? I am very excited about it. Probably not as excited as Chris is, but um, I, I really think the deplete mechanic could be pretty cool. I, I already want to put snapshot on some of the lower initiative ones. Um, if deplete works, kind of like strain, where after you do an attack, then maybe snapshot's a nice way for you to get that focus lock for your main attack and clear that deplete token right away. Um, I, I love the dial. It's very similar to the, uh, you know, Inquisitor dial we were just talking about before, except, you know, it's significantly better as far as the blue maneuvers go. Um, I, I think I would prefer the one hards being blue to the two hards being blue. Um, so I, I think it's, it's going to be a really fun ship to fly. I agree, this is not Kylo. This is not Suntir. Um, and if you mess up, you are going to die very quickly on this because you don't have that force backup like like the Inquisitors have where they can get the force of aid. But right. uh, I really like the system phase mechanic. I, I mean, it kind of is going to encourage you to take that, that, you know, maybe a Predator or something. So you're getting your, your offensive mod or probably not Predator if they're getting the lock. But um, and then it, during system phase, you, you hit them with that deplete token or strain token and it it really seems fun. <laughs> it's really vulnerable to blocking. I'm glad you brought up that uh, the comparison to Soontir there. Because, like, Soontir is weird, right? And that if you block Soontir, most of the time you just gave him a focus token, <laughs> right? Yes. Which, like, he's still not happy to be blocked, but he's happy to have a focus token. Um, this thing doesn't have that luxury. Like, if, if it gets blocked and is tokenless, um, you know, unless some other upgrade is solving that problem for you, it's in trouble. Um, yeah, that, that's very true. But it does have, you know, all of the maneuvers. I, yeah, I it, it's got a lot going on. Yeah, and it's also got, like, it's <laughs> got, you know, we talked about how you have to do, like, a blue to clear the strain or the deplete. But you're not stressing to do any of the double action stuff. So if you have a missile, you you definitely can just, like, K-turn. You can just do a 4K-turn after doing multiple actions. Um, so if you happen to have not spent the target lock, right, maybe you lost two shields and have fanatical, like, you're just 4K-ing and throwing that missile. Um, which is kind of neat. And then, you know, one of my favorite upgrades in the game, Proton Rockets, it shoe fits on this thing, right? Like, I don't know oh, if gosh. that's going to be a wise way to spend seven, but like, it seems pretty good to roll up with a focus lock Proton Rocket and dish out a strain token. I love doing that on the, the Grand Inquisitor in the old days. It's it, when they're double modded, they just hurt so badly. Yeah, some serious spike damage. Um, so Andrew, is it okay for us to get into a little bit of point speculation from my end? I, you like I, get, you do you do you, man. All right. So um, I think it's it's fun to speculate on the points because it just helps with some of the early testing of it. Um, so I have been assuming that it was seventy points just so that I don't build like a really like broken list so and draw the wrong conclusions. Um, but I think this thing could range between like sixty to seventy, right? Um, if you look at it like below 66 points, it starts to fit in some kind of crazy lists, right? Um, like you can get a pretty full quick draw with Kylo and Von Reg at, at 65 points. 
Um, you can get Von Rig and Quick Draw and Midnight and Null at 65. So, you know, the more I test it, it's hard to say where it lands, right? Because it does have some drawbacks, but I'm really curious to see what FFG does with this, right? If they cost it around Fenrau, um, then then it's slightly more restrictive. And, you know, you're looking at a whole bunch of alternative builds where, like, you might have a four-ship build with Quick Draw and Von Rig and some, you know, other things from FO. Um, you know, I, I think I think everyone immediately looks at this. It's like, how can I pair it with Kylo, right? Um, what's the highest initiative thing I can get? We won't know until we see the points. Um, but some of the stuff that could fit around those like mid sixty marks makes me think that it's going to be maybe a little bit more expensive than people are expecting. So yeah, that's it. And then I, you know, there's other fun stuff out there. Like you can run, like hopefully we can run Von Reg in three of these. Like I want to do that. That sounds really fun. Yeah. Um, um, at yeah. some of those price points that I'm describing, that might be possible, right? Like to run Von Reg in three generics. I think it should be possible. Should be cool. Um, I, I do want to touch base uh, before we move on to the fireball. I do want to touch base on Magpul's warheads um, going into this deplete and strain, uh, strain and um, talk. This so if you're not familiar with the card, it's a missile that requires the target lock, and it's, it says if this attack hits, the defender suffers one critical damage, gains one jam or one deplete and one jam token, then cancel all your results. Um, this is really interesting, and I feel like this is like a really cool card to for like so someone with von Reg could essentially bring this with like a swarm and then literally it's a setup like card it's something different as opposed to not really doing damage it's the damage to come would be really kind of cool to see what this thing is going to be if you have like three four guns on the target that this thing's shooting at like it's the setup to basically vaporize that shit the first thing that i thought of when i saw this was like giving someone two stress a jam and a deplete with Kylo, like that's, I, that's that's a lot of tokens just to hand your opponent. Like you just kind of, just give them a lot of those tokens. It's that's got to be. Here, here it's going to feel bad, right? Tokens. Yeah, and then like maybe something else hits a concussion missile. You just flip that stress again. <laughs> um, <laughs> like this is pretty first order y right? Like it's not, I. It's doing some weird control stuff, right? And it's definitely, like you said, some setup, um, but pretty intense. Yeah, like, like I mean, if you're running something with that is like a swarm, like let's say the Kirak swarm, and like it might be interesting to throw this thing on there first. Um, let's say Torkoal put something at range or at zero, like throwing that and basically taking any tokens that they have a jam. Um, it's like a better jamming beam, even. It's a missile. But no, well, I'm definitely. It's a dangerous comparison, though, right? Like, <laughs> you see how little jamming beam is used because it right. sacrifices damage opportunities. And it's a missile that's um, range one to three, so it, there's that as well. So, I'm pretty in on this missile in the right lists. Yeah, really curious about it. Um, we'll see how they cost it. I, I, I don't expect it to be too cheap, to be honest. Like, there's a cost where this could get a little bit weird, right? Like, it. Remember when homing missiles was three points? I don't suspect that this will be like below that range, but you know, like or in that range. Um, but it's got an SF in the picture too. So as we know, if a card has a picture of a ship, then you have to put the card on that ship. It works for stealth device and it works for lone wolf with fire sprays. So this has to go on TSFs. 
All right, so let's move on to the fireball. Zach, what are your opinions on this uh, ship? It's a flaming hot piece of shit. <laughs> All right, thanks, Zach. Uh, have a good night. So, uh, we're, yeah, let's move on to this fireball. Um, it's a really interesting ship, another ship out of the Resistance cartoon. It's interesting because you start with six hull, two agility, two attack, and the ship ability says... You were dealt one face... The setup, I'm sorry. You are dealt one face-down damage card. After you perform a slam action, you may expose one damage card to remove one disarm token. So you're basically starting with this ship on fire, which is kind of interesting. It's a whole different mechanic that FFG is exploring here. So uh, it's essentially a five-hull ship. I'm I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm out on this. Like I don't like it. I think it's silly. It looks like just the Resistance Z95 for me. Really? So yeah. not, there's nothing about that this, this looks fun to you? Like, I mean, so it, it's keeping with the theme of, uh, you know, costs for reposition. So that that has me hyped. And it's like a little Z95 that's trying to be a gunboat. Like, Maybe in like can't Mario for that. Kart format, but like, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm missing. I, I don't. Again, I mean, I'm super out on Resistance at the moment. So maybe someone with who is in on resistance like it but i mean i just don't i don't think this is going to be a good ship fair all right so look we don't know what it'll cost we don't really know what it'll do because we can't see all the titles and different things like that there's some three charge astromech that probably makes this a completely different ship because it's resistance but whatever right leave that to the side um i for me i'm like and it's like I know I primarily fly first order, but I'm actually really excited for this ship because it it fills a, like a a gap that Resistance has had for so long that it, it like Resistance to me is just this miserable faction that only has T70s, and then like kind of has A wings, but they're not real A wings; they're fake A wings. So like better wings. Well, better better maybe competitively, but like they're boring as hell for me to play now I, I know i know brett that you guys have run the a-wings and enjoyed them right but that's just for me right um but just because it becomes so derivative like mid-game you're just like well guest i just use my rear arc like this is this is how this works now um there's other you know I, I won't go on that tangent again but for resistance in particular they don't have a true like ship that's a forward arc like x-wing style ship and and here we've finally got it, right? Um, and don't don't mention the pod, right? Because that that thing doesn't count. It it looks stupid on the table. You know, it's it's filler. It's sort of funny, but it's not. It doesn't give you that feeling of like running a resistance squadron, right? So I'm hyped about it just for that reason, Andrew. Which is just that it, sure. it like we're finally getting a forward arc small base in resistance to pair with T70s. And that's like it just so desperately needed it. And like if we just got the T eighty five next, it'd be like, well, I guess I'll trade in these T seventies. Right. Like this is just like something that's mechanically unique. Um, the mechanics that are unique about it are actually outrageously cool because it's, it's you know, you're, it's you're you're giving yourself damage to slam. That's like, I like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll get into some of the other stuff with it, but that's that's my my ramble for the beginning of this. I mean, like thematically, it's it's it is cool. I'll give it that. Like it really kind of like I know I haven't watched the show too much, but like the fact that it is a racing ship and it's basically like a piece of junk that you start damaged and that you are essentially 
flipping the damage card to do that ability. Yeah, I, I get it. it. It is very fun thematically and everything like that. But, I mean, maybe I just have Z95 PTSD of them just not really giving a shit about them. That I'm worried about this thing. And that's my take well, on it. Okay, fair. So let's talk about the Z95 comparison for oh, a moment, right? right? Because it Z95s can't slam. They have red barrel rolls, right? And they have they don't have five HP, right? Um, so that that's that's kind of the first thing to get out of the way. Now, what we don't know is how this thing is going to get more than two attack, right? Um, you know, you can see that the initiative four one has some way of rolling one additional. Doesn't say it. We can't see the end of it. Um, so the the I four uh, uh, pilot might you know just have a native three dice attack um we it comes with missiles so we're going to be able to take ordinance right and it, one of the big questions that i have about the ship is if we're going to be able to get two mod slots can i take advanced slam and targeting computer which are both in the picture and you know use this thing like a gunboat to to basically advance slam lock and probably have been coordinated because that's resistance thing um can i take you know an astromech that has a calculate on it so i can do that at any range um, and throw, you know, throw some missiles. Um, that that I think is going to be a pretty big piece of the next set of spoilers for me, because you know it, it suddenly starts to look a lot more like a gunboat than a Z ninety five, right? Just not as defensive as that gunboat. So let me take a look. Um, when you're dealt one phase, you after you perform a slam action, you may expose. Oh my god! So I'm just thinking like the RNG on this thing is going to be crazy. So let's say you do slam. And can do advanced slam, but you flip that panic pilot on there. Are you basically just SOL of taking that advanced slam action? There's a title. So the title lets you, like, the speculation on the title is you can pick the card that you flip. Like, potentially. Okay. Or, or you can flip the next one. I don't know. I'm really speculating at this point. But, you, like, it, it looks like there's a title um, that just has the word fireball on there, which would allow you to sort of mitigate that somehow. So I think um, it's even better than that, Chris. I think it. Because it says then shuffle the something deck, so I think you might be able to search your damage deck for the crit that you want. Now I could be totally wrong, but it, it does definitely say sh search the something, shuffle the. Well, deck. your your da your damage deck. Oh. Right. So you're yeah. So you're getting the shuffle or to search your damage deck and say, all right, I know I'm not going to hit a, a debris cloud or or whatever because I know how to fly. So you take you know that useless crit. And throw that up there instead of the the panic or the direct hit potentially. Okay, I th I was thinking it might be related to like existing damage cards that you have, like, and that you would still be subject to the the randomness of your, the deck. But that's also cool. And I think it does something about damage and ionized. If I see that at the end, but I, I have no idea what that could be. Okay, I mean, like we're getting into CSI territory here. We're like we can't see it. We don't know what the card does, but yeah, so that that's encouraging, right? That that'll help with some of that variance. It's not like crits are good in general. So like just because you can search the damage deck and pick a, what's the one that like if you fly over rocks, it's bad. I think that's like, the stun pilot or whatever. That's the one I was right. Like about. stun pilot is like so irrelevant. Like rocks don't do damage to begin with anymore. So like why does that card <laughs> exist? But whatever, right? Like, um, so so yeah, maybe maybe you can take that. Um, and I, and I wonder if there's some astromech combination that's going to be really logical here, because you can take an astromech that flips a crit, right? Like, I think Resistance has access to R5 astromech, which um, would allow you to do that. Right. It lets you flip a ship card. Order, yeah, that's that's right. And then um, there are a couple other ones that sort of manipulate the damage deck, if I recall. Um, yeah, so all that's kind of cool. And then, like, you know, just jumping ahead a little bit... Um, 
slam, advanced slam would give you a stress. And Brett, you were talking about this at the beginning, like that seems restricted with only one blue banks, one forward and a two forward being blue. The dial is kind of janky as all hell. But Quaxium Hyperfuel would let you essentially suffer a crit damage to slam while stressed, right? Something along those lines. I'm not going to read the whole thing. The point is, it, it just Quaxium Hyper, Hyperfuel basically gets around the stress restriction from Advanced Slam, is is what I'm seeing there. And it's it's also really thematic in that like you're you're kind of taking the risk your ship is just going to blow up if you use it. And I know thematic stuff is no is the best, but I do think that's kind of cool. That was one of the funnier scenes in Solo, right? Where like they use the fuel to escape a giant like space octopus. So like whatever that is is like I yeah, it's kind of like they definitely saw that scene. We're like, we need to make a card that does that. This is that. Solo is on the um, card, and I can't bring it on Solo. That's ridiculous. Yeah, well, that <laughs> is kind of the funny thing is that this is like largely irrelevant for scum, right? Um, so Andrew, you had clarified, and I'm glad that you did, but this doesn't give you the slam action it requires the slam action right? right the bottom left is the requirement if it adds it to it it's on the right so that means that can nothing in scum take this no nothing in scum i don't even think anything in scum has the slam action to begin with that's aggressive from ffg wow so all right yeah i mean so the, you only, gotta, the only thing that ever in. back in first edition it was burnout slam and that's how everyone was getting slam on the um illicit slot so rest in peace. We, maybe we never see that again. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I'm I, mean, not, I wasn't opposed to burnout slam. I thought that was fine. Yeah, not large base. Large base slam is you can only use ridiculous. It once. It's like, come on. Put a charge <laughs> on it. It's fine. We'll have an entire episode about 1.0 mechanics we wish would make a comeback, and you and I can argue about cruise missiles and burnout slam. <laughs> That'll be fun. TLT will um, be fine. <laughs> yeah, so just a couple other things to ramble off here, right? Just because there, I, I am somewhat excited about this one as well. You know, the, just just the idea of of being able to run like multiple T70s without some, you know, without an A wing and without just sh- support ships nearby. Like the potential for that to be possible is cool. Um, as far as like cost speculation on these. Um, you start to look at comparison points, right? So, like, we don't know what the named pilots really do because all that's basically hidden. But we do see an Initiative 2 pilot. And, you know, you look at comparisons of, like, the Scimitar Bomber, which is Initiative 2 and 29 points, or a Alpha Gunboat, which is 32 points at Initiative 2, with, like, 7 HP and the perfect stat line. Um, it kind of suggests that we're looking at something between 29 to 32, right? Maybe it's a little bit less than 29. I don't know. Um, so if these things end up in that 28 point range, like, yeah, you better believe they're going to fit in a lot of lists with ordinance and slam and locks and stuff like that. Um, but starting to add in upgrades seems like something that's fairly vulnerable. Um, so, so yeah, I, I don't expect that it would be costed as high as a gunboat, right? Like we could probably set that as the ceiling here, that it won't be more than that 32. Although, you know, maybe, maybe, um, maybe there's something we're not seeing with Astromex that would make it more. Yeah, it looks like there's a unique astromech that's for this ship. It yeah, does so I, depending on what that does, like that could change things. Um, yeah. And then it, it does have an evade action, so you have to mention that as well. You know, like a, a, a TIE bomber doesn't have access to, you know, that kind of durability boost, right? So, you know, like, that, that matters. And uh, with, with 5 HP, that, you know, like torrents are 5 HP with an evade, and they're relatively useful. Uh-huh. Um, they can't slam. Right, but you know, it, there's nothing about this ship that says you have to slam. Like we've talked about this before, just because a ship has a mechanic doesn't mean you have to do it all the time. 
So, like, if you pick this thing up and you just slam every turn, and now you suddenly have like five crits, and you wonder what happens. <laughs> like, like maybe just don't slam. Like, it's cool. It'll work. It's still it's still a ship that could probably do some work, right? Yeah, um, I, I mean, like I said, I'm skeptical skeptical of the whole thing, but it's going to be a nice addition to the faction. Um, yeah. And yeah, at, at minimum, it's exciting that it's just different. We haven't seen a ship like this before. Uh, maybe we'll be getting a scum ship with slam soon, but uh, it, it's adding some cool cards to the card pool that might even shake some other uh, factions up. Like, obviously, this is the only ship at the moment that can bring that illicit. Um, but if this thing is does have an illicit slot, it'd be interesting that uh, what other illicits you could throw on this thing. Like, could you just throw Contraband Cybernetics on it? Or Deadman Switch and, like, no, like whatever. Yeah. yeah, like Dead Man Switch on these sounds like a riot, right? Like Z ninety fives with Dead Man's are really funny to begin with. Like now I could take VI Marathi and as many of these things with Dead Man's as possible and just be close to you. Yeah, going back to what <laughs> you were I mean? saying, take that like, uh the, the crit that you can go over rocks and then just blow yourself <laughs> up. Like it's fine. Yeah, like look at that gas cloud. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Set that gas cloud on fire. That's so funny. Um No, but yeah, they, like I said, uh, for me, I, I don't like. Okay, I, I get that it's gonna be cool, but I, I, I don't know. I think there's cooler things in the fact at the moment that I'm I'm out on the ship. Last thing to say: there's an I five. Yeah, high high initiative slam is pretty sure. badass. So you know, like you know, we've seen quad five resistance do pretty well. Like sense resistance existed in the game. Um, you know, a new variant on that with a ship that can slam. Seems like it might not be the worst thing in the world, depending on what the ability is. Um, so yeah, like initiative five slam. We, we know it's good on Poe, and he only does it once, right? All right, let's move on to our last topic of the evening with card packs. Um, so basically, we got some information on the card packs. One, we're getting, we're basically getting like three different versions of card packs. One looks like it is just your generic upgrades that you get from like the basic stuff. Um, then you're getting like a card pack for the stuff that you can get out of the uh, Republic stuff if you're not interested in buying into that. Basically just all the upgrades that you could need. And then we're getting these really cool card packs that have new pilots in them. And it looks like they're adding a bunch of different things from different obstacles. I don't know if it's obstacles or if it's going to be different like setup scenarios or something like that. Um, but we're also getting like, a bunch of different pilots. It looks to be about three new pilots for the first five factions and four um, for rebels oh of course they do yeah we finally get the long-awaited k2so uh gina moonsong which uh in the bewing which i should say that they're also making a config for the bewing which will be really interesting to see leia and the falcon which i'm super displeased about and callus which i think is really cool Whoa. actually I, you know, not to disagree with you on everything, but why are you displeased about Leia getting a Falcon? Um, What's wrong with that? Like, Force using huh. Falcon at a high initiative, probably? Did like, she ever, did she, other than co-piloting, did she ever actually fly the Falcon in the movies? Yeah, I'm sure she did, yeah. yeah she, she she had to take the, the controls at some point. Okay, to keeping my it second, on the game, though. To my second like, point here is, why is she I-5? Is she, so we're, we're sure she's I-5. It's right here in the was, picture, I-5. <laughs> oh down at the bottom oh yeah right there huh well um because lando's i5 oh okay uh, <laughs> right 
I, I don't know. I, I really don't like the movies that much, so I'm not going to talk about theme. I don't but even like, like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just lost half our listeners. Uh, but who cares? No, no. Um, no, I, no I don't no. Like... So, like, yeah, it's cool, dude. I, I-5 Leia with a Force Charge, like, that's going to be good. Um. Yeah. All right, so Galactic Empire is getting Fifth Brother, which is cool. Uh, Vagabond. Chris, how do you feel about that? Another striker pilot, I'm sure you're happy. Well, all right. Well, so what do we breezed by the Callus VCX, didn't we? Yeah, it's fine. So, hunted token that you can just dish out, probably. That's kind of cool. I mean, um, do we know that's his ability, though? I can speculate wildly and pretend that it's a fact. I mean, because that's I, his ability that. for the Empire, right? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know, actually. Who knows? Like, that's... that. But it's an interesting character. It's nice to have another VCX pilot, right? That wasn't from the original couple. Um, and then K2SO, we know, is going to do the calculate when you receive a stress, right? Which Mini Soon Tier. What's what? that? He's like Mini Soon Tier. Or Ultra <laughs> In a U-Wing? If he gets a stress, he gets a token. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Fair enough. So that's, um, that's like literally like the best. Like I was just... The second I heard that, all I could think of was like K2SO's voice being like... We've got a twenty-five percent chance of surviving here, and I was just like, "That that makes a, like perfect sense that he gets it after a stressful uh, or after getting a stress token." Yeah, yeah, and it, it'll be probably pretty good, right? I mean, like, because there's other ways to get stress besides doing a hard stop. Yeah. So um, that seems solid. It's really cool. And then uh, there's a K2 yeah, probably a crew card too that we have no idea what it does. Where do we see that? Is that in one of the images? That it's not one of the in- images, but it says in the in the crew pack. Um, that he is in one of the K two or K two SO is a crew. So, so in the Hotshot Aces pack, you're saying they're upgrades, and it says that on the back. Yes, that in the Rebel crew there is. I did not know that. Boop, boop. That's I cool. will pull it up real quick. Uh, keep talking. Yeah, just definitely confirm that. So, I, I think I think it's there. Um, yeah. So for I the for the oh, that's actually really exciting. So, but then on the the Empire side, you get Fifth Brother in the Tide Advance V one. So force charges are good. More force charges, I guess. Vagabond, new striker. Um, we can only hope that that requires you to do two advanced ailerons moves before executing a maneuver. So that's that's my expectation. I'll only be disappointed if it doesn't require that. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> what, you can't handle that? So if you had to do like a one bank, one bank? I don't that's, know. Wow. I mean, that would be awesome. Yeah, it's like an afterburner's striker, right? Um who knows what Vagabond does, so that'll be cool. Uh, we got a new Decimator, which is in the picture there. We don't know what it does. Um, Looks like you flip over a damage card at the end phase, and I think maybe you get to rotate your arc. Cool. Nice. New things. The, the image there on the Decimator is really cool, so I'm sure it's fun. Um, Scum gets a bunch of things no one cares about. So it gets a new M3A. Um, the, the two Seek fans that are out there, congrats. You got a random collection of letters that is a pilot name um someone actually looked this up and like if you google like the the star wars character gore it's like a it's a dinosaur so it would be kind of funny if this is like a dinosaur pilot for the m3a um and then you have uh bosk in the z95 which is actually semi-exciting so it's an i4 with just bosk's ability so I don't know what you put on that. Maybe you put the uh, mag pulse. No, mag pulse won't trigger it. Just marksmanship march and, and prey, I guess. There you got bullseye. Yeah, who knows? Maybe they're gonna add. Uh, it, what is B two? Is, is the uh, the astromech that lets you 
convert a stress to a, or if, if the target is stressed, you can B have it be a crit. Yeah, maybe Z95 is get new things, new upgrades. So, slot on this. I like it. Okay, so um, you get a bunch of new crew, like which you can buy this pack. Let's say you didn't want to buy the scum conversion kit to get BT1 for Vader or triple zero for Vader, but it says three crew upgrades are included with triple zero, Maul, and K2SO. So, nice. We'll have to see what K2SO crew actually says, or if that's just a typo, but. Could you imagine if the crew just does what the ship does? Like how dumb that would get? Yeah. Because <laughs> that could go on anything. I'm in. Let's, let's not go there. Um, so there's a new jump master, which since we're speculating here, my <laughs> assumption is that it turns the entire dial blue. <laughs> One could only hope. <laughs> Nom lum. Sloops, blue. Everything. Yeah, just, just the entire right-hand side is now blue. Like problem solved, enjoy. You could play and here's your jump master back. Would they be that quick to take the Jumpmaster out of hell? I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. It's um, a much harder so, sentence. Real, real quick, though. Um, I missed the boss conversation in the Z95. Did I miss that? Yes. Um, yeah, sure. Just I4 splits the crit. That's all we really covered. And like, how so, yeah, yeah, he's got the same ability, but he's he's got like a ship ability now that says after you deploy from the yv666 you can also take a lock um on a ship that the yv is also locking so that might be interesting to do where like you deploy you get assigned a lock and then you could fire a missile like you could take a focus as your action and i believe you get to fire the round that you do deploy and you also get the action in the system phase cool that's that seems useful um... yeah i just thought i'd bring that up I, you know, if I want the YV's to see... coming to hyperspace too. I mean, that would be really interesting to see. Yeah, I and like probably by the time the YV arrives, like this wave's not going to hit until after Worlds, probably, right? Like, yeah, maybe before that. So, it'll be after a point adjustment. Most I want to say like late quarter four. It says okay. Um, yeah, so who knows what these Z95s are going to be costed at and what upgrades they'll have by the time that happens. Um, we can only hope that the Seeks will go down in cost. I know I was, like, making fun of them earlier, but they are actually kind of fun. You know, by then, I maybe they're going to go down, like, one point or something. I mean, the um, Seek Autoblaster Swarm that on stream seemed kind of fun. <laughs> yes, it is fun. Um, it's fun. Good. <laughs> Still, we'll see. Yeah, although, you know, for the listeners, right, we're just kind of mostly excited this episode, but, like, Autoblaster is actually... You got to be aware of how that thing works because you know, there, there's you don't want to be getting bullseyed by two, the, the auto blaster or you know in the wrong range and all of that. Um, it's it's pretty good. I uh, all right. So resistance, uh, we get an I five resistance bomber, Page Tycho, that can essentially after it drops a device, you can spend a charge to drop an additional device. We don't know how many charges it has or or if they'll recharge. Um, so, but there is a rule, right, that says you can't drop more than two devices per round. So it's not like you can take this thing and just like, you know, just like spill bombs all over the table, right? Like there, it's, you're still subject to that constraint, I imagine. Um, but you can do sort of delayed fuse setup, probably of like same thing that uh, you can do with Page Tycho crew already, right? Um, I thought they actually fixed this that you absolutely could drop more than one device. Oh, it, I, am I going back to the timeline that I preferred? Yes. They, that rule worked that way? <laughs> I am. Yeah, no, I think that is in, in the um, update, like the forum. That oh, you're right. Said. You're right. I was mad about that at one point. 
Okay. Which is like, but have we seen it? No. So it's fine. Yeah. Uh, well, so I five though. Um, I think that's that's besides the obviously good pilot ability. Um, the initiative five on a resistance bomber seems pretty intense. Um, just because they take forever to kill already, right? Um, that's that's pretty solid. Uh, and then we get a new RZ two A wing with a funny name. Two of them. Uh, we get two actually. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> not gonna what were, lie. What were you looking? I, for? I'm just disappointed this whole episode. Not really, but um. <laughs> Chris and I are so excited. Andrew's like, "This is horrible." I someone, to, someone has to be or it's. I horrible. have to. Be, no. Why didn't they just do another T65? Why do we need more A wings? We don't need more A wings. You we mean, do not need more A wings. I agree. So, um, so I'm with you there. If we're going to be disappointed about anything, we didn't get a Rogue One Merrick for Rebels, right? Like that that for me i would was an obvious ad that they would add another kind of yeah or maybe like what was the other one jansen i could have made a comeback sure yeah i was surprised there was no jansen now what's left first order did we get first order or not talking? yet all right let's talk about first order all right let's start with the coolest thing there's a silencer named rush <laughs> so we we have a silencer named avenger <laughs> One that's named kylo ren and another one that's named rush so it's like it's pretty much the energy energy drink faction now I mean, um, Blackout's pretty cool, too. Yeah, Blackout, too. Like, it's <laughs> it's pretty extreme, man. Um, so, yeah, Rush sounds really cool, just if we're going to speculate on that. Um, it might have something to do with mobility, probably. Um, that, would, that wouldn't be too shocking. Um, so that's exciting. And then we got Captain Phasma, which we know pretty much everything about. It's Initiative 4. And then um, the pilot ability has something to do with friendly ships being able to suffer a hit or crit to cancel a hit or crit you know that's would otherwise be suffered to to phasma so i think i i don't know if what the ranges are on it it might be like if it's range one of the thing that's attacking you then you can you know it, it can suffer the hit instead um or if it's at range one of phasma itself and like kind of a kind of big thing going on there um but yeah with things like tabson and quick draw on the faction that seems pretty good man yeah, it would be like interesting that. to see if Quickdraw can pull something off that like takes the hit from Phasma and then be able to shoot. But if they're shooting at Phasma and not Quickdraw, it's kind of like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, well, I don't know. Um, uh, maybe maybe it's when... a positioning, you know, thing. But yeah, I, my my thought first goes to sort of like Tabson and just triggering actions for Tabson. Oh yeah. Um, at minimum, it just messes with your target priority, right? So who knows? Um, and it's good to have the character with the pilot. So, yeah, another SF. And then we got a, a second um, SF pilot, which um, I don't actually hate Star Wars. Turns out this is the pilot that uh, took the shot uh, instead of Kylo uh, in in the latest movie. So my guess would be, you know, if if she cares about theme at all, um, its pilotability will have something to do with that. And that, that might be kind of cool. So could be sort of like built-in targeting synchronizer or it could be you know something where it, it shoots out of initiative order um if i had to guess at the theme it would be based around that sure yeah i was thinking the initiative order as well if it's doing a missile or something like that which sounds pretty cool yeah or like once per round you can shoot instead of kylo and then kylo just feels sad maybe he uh, shoots some mag pulse warheads first. <laughs> that would be cool <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, um who knows 
So, so yeah, just recapping this though, like I- I'm pretty excited about the card packs. Um, one that you don't have to buy into these other factions because there's I haven't bought into something like Resistance or Republic yet. Um, just as like a personal preference, uh, I don't have any interest in playing them yet. But I super do want the upgrade cards that come out of them. So I, I am excited that they finally have this coming out. It- it's going to be cool to see what the obstacles or these. Um, whatever the scenarios that they're coming out with, how they're going to be like me. I'd be interested to see if there's going to be a different type of competitive play out there with the introduction of these. Yeah. The, the obstacle thing, I don't have a lot of commentary on other than it's cool to see that FFG is attempting scenarios in some capacity. That's, that's awesome. And then, you know, I, maybe it gives us hope that there'll be a rotation on obstacles for competitive play. If it adds additional ones that we haven't seen yet, um, it gives hope that like, you know, maybe we're not stuck with gas clouds forever. Maybe. Uh, so one thing I thought was cool um, is that it looks like there's two new force powers that are coming out that are listed in the uh, the contents: foresight and precognitive reflexes. Um, has pre- has precog been spoiled already? I'm pretty I think. sure it has. It's we've like seen, a... we've seen like half of it in I want to say the Y wing um article. It looks a little supernaturally, but we can't really see what. It's like an advanced sensors like version of supernatural potentially, right? Is a speculation where like right, you, I think you that's can't a, take more actions, sort of deal. I think that is is what people are, are speculating, right? So that's kind of cool. But foresight, I had not heard of at all before, um, and I don't know that maybe that's something like it, it lets you you move out of your initiative order, you know, if you're trying to go for a block or something. I, I have absolutely no idea. I'm just going off the name, but it. <laughs> You know, more force powers are good for someone who likes Jedi. <laughs> sure. Um, one of the other things about these card packs, though, that's cool is that, like, we've the last two expansions that we've seen really kind of are catching up the smaller factions with FOs and Resistance, and we have the Nantex and the uh, Y-Wing coming out for the Republic, where this, I mean, sure, we aren't getting any new ships, but it's kind of adding a little bit of flair into the older factions with coming out with these uh, new ships, or new pilots, I should say. Which makes sense. Like, they really do need to kind of catch up these other factions if they want to make extended their primary format. Like, they need to absolutely put more ships into there. Um, And then maybe rebalance the points after everything's eventually caught up. But, so I am excited for that. Maybe we'll get, like, um, once a year we'll get these upgrade packs where you just have... You know, all these new pilots come out for existing ships without having to actually rebuy all these ships just to get the one new or two new pilots. Yeah, and and hopefully it's not too frequent, right? Like I think what's so much, what's so exciting about this is there's sort of something for everyone in this kind of Gen Con spoiler. Um, you know, maybe you're, you're you know if you're a scum player, you're maybe a little disappointed, um, but that's nothing new to them. Sure. So like you know, it's just as long as it's not too frequent, I think it's it's going to be really fun. Definitely. Okay. Cluster mines are coming back also, which are just kind of cool for bombers out there. Yeah, they are. Wait, where was that? It's in the um, in the upgrade pack. Oh, okay. And is... Wait, oh, right, because there's a bomb pack. Huh. All right, well, hopefully most people ignore that and realize that, you know, just, just continue to ignore bombs. That'll be fine. Nim's ability oh, might actually trigger with it, um, other than him delaying a uh, fuse getting that extra evade dice for uh, shooting through a 
mine. <laughs> you you want to build a fort again, don't you? No, no, that would be wrong because I would be fortressing if I did that, and I should not fortress. Minefield mapper? <laughs> is it, is oh. it somewhere in that box? Wait, like, what's wait, in wait. that box? Is minefield mapper in that box? It is one not of, in that box. Don't worry. One of the what's okay. it called? Though, hold up, don't go anywhere. Yeah, Where one of the go? scenarios. Is one like of the scenarios that. is minefield. Do you remember at the end of 1.0 how silly the double scrug minefield mapper lists were? Where they would set up like <laughs> they would set up cluster mines in like a box and just fly around in it and shoot DLT. That's fine. Oh, I remember. Man. Like the... that that won't happen again. Like I can't. That imagine. was the purest form of X-wing out there. That was so funny. All right, we're starting how, to ramble. So far why don't we close this episode out? Um, any last comments? Starting to ramble. <laughs> any last comments Chris do you have any last comments about this stuff no just I'm excited X-Wing's fun be happy this is cool Brett you got any uh, last comments any any shout outs for anything I, I know there was a tournament on Sunday at Cloud City um, I know that there's another tournament on Saturday that I don't know where it's at um, uh, but it's I think like, Zach yeah, running Zach's it. actually running it it's the Games Keep tournament on Saturday uh, he posted it in the Liberty Squadron Facebook group uh, it is a hangar bay format, so you bring two lists and then you basically decide which list you want to play at the beginning of the match um, to try to test out some lists for Nova. If you want to bring two lists that you're debating on and you know test them out against the field, so that is Saturday at Gameskeep, and then you said Sunday at Cloud City. At Cloud City, yeah, at okay. one o'clock. Yeah, definitely check them out at the Liberty Squadron Facebook page. If you are a fan of the show, check us out on Patreon. Our new alt arts are like right around the corner. So um, I'm hoping to have them and maybe some acrylic tokens to ship out with our thank you notes. Other than that, I think that does it for this week's episode. I want to thank you all for listening and have a good night.